Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. This is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies. This year we go back, or not this year, today, whatever. This episode, we're going back one year to see a movie that we thought the trailer was a terrible idea when it came out because of the timing it was coming out. We see 2020's Greenland. That review coming up now on this episode of Brownie Points. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our second review of the week. Oh, hello. <laughs> the blues got eliminated, so I wanted one more time where we got interrupted by the hockey light for the for until next season starts. So, rest in peace, the blues season this year. I was gonna, I was gonna say like. <laughs> also, here's the sound you were expecting. Bear pop. I was going to say, you guys lost. What the hell's happening? <laughs> They're haunting us from beyond the grave. Oh, good. Good timing. That was funny. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, you got you got me really good. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what sound are you expecting? Well, it's much louder than the one you're expecting. <laughs> I love editing that in post because I have to turn it down. like so. <laughs> God, that's great. Anyway, hey. <laughs> Guys, per usual, when it comes to Thursdays, we pick an older movie that we travel to in our time machine. This week is no exception, and we went back to just last year, uh, before the pandemic uh, made us unable to see this movie, Greenland, or Greenland, I don't care how you pronounce it, I'm going to call it Greenland. Um, (laughs) It is directed by Rick Roman, uh, Juan, Juan, I don't know... The way he spells his last name, I'm not sure how to say it. W a u g h, Rick Roman W a u u g h. Yo, yeah. yo, I, I, sorry, I'm sorry. Yoff. Yeah. Maybe I don't. Yoff. I didn't. Like, you know, Jack and Yoff. I, I didn't. I didn't look this guy up on YouTube to see how he pronounces his name. But uh, anyway, Rick Roman, he directed this, and Nick, we have seen one of his other movies here on the show. He previously directed. No, Alexandria Aja. <laughs> uh, no, he directed Gerard Butler in Angel Has Fallen. Oh. <laughs> Take your name off that. That's not a resume builder. <laughs> yeah, I directed a movie before this one. Which one was it? Well, you wouldn't have been able to see anything in it because the action was so terribly shaky cammed, but it was uh, Angel Has Fallen. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, this is very different. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this uh, the writer of this film is Chris Sparling, and we've also seen a movie written by Chris on the show just a couple weeks ago, because he wrote Buried. <laughs> huh. Maybe that's why this movie's way better than it has any right to be. Yeah, like, small world, right? Like... <laughs> I, I I swear, when the movie ended, and I'm watching a little bit of the credits, I see Chris's name pop up, and I'm like, wait, why does that name ring a bell? So I pull up his IMDb while the credits are still rolling, and it and it just hits me then. I'm just like, oh, 
Maybe that's why this movie's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stars. Anyway, stars. This movie stars Gerard Butler of 300, Marina Bakarin of Homeland. Uh, Roger... Deadpool's wife. Yes, Deadpool's wife. Thank you. Uh, Roger Dale Floyd and Scott Glenn. Those are the top build actors here for Greenland. Uh, Nick, I typically let you do your hot take when it comes to time machines so why should this week be any different what did you think of uh greenland well before you even ask i set the mood when me and kelsey watched the movie by turning the <laughs> lights <laughs> sorry that's a weird way to start that <laughs> to turning the lights green for greenland get your mind out of the gutter you pervert um you said it green like the accent lights at olive garden <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punch you the next time I see you. Um, <laughs> but um, This movie is a thousand times better than it has any right to be. Um, the thing that came to mind for me watching it is I was like, this is a way better 2012. Like, oh, it's so much better than 2012. <laughs> so much better than 2012. Um, I am. Um, there, like, look. There are a bunch of dumb things in this movie, where it's like this is a this is a dumb trope of this of this genre, like end of the world natural disaster type stuff. I made a prediction in this movie that never actually came to fruition. Oh uh, really? I no. said at I said at what point do we find out that this is aliens? And that never happened. Um, yeah, M Night Shyamalan didn't write this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I, I actually found myself like in the end. Um, and I, I look, I know that this is the time machine. Given how new this movie is, I'm actually going to treat this like a new release. So I'm not going to try and give any spoilers in the, uh, in the pre, like in the pre spoiler zone territory where we're just giving quick opinion. The um, hot take. <laughs> that word hotcakes and but what i'm getting at is in the in the final rush where it's your 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 final rush against the clock type thing i found myself like get get there get braced get ready get like it's it's coming it's gonna happen like get ready you can make it i care about you living like movies like this i don't normally give two these people live but i actually found myself caring on our scale of something so bad give me one second <laughs> i gotta write down a swear i was gonna say it looked like you picked up a tablet not a notebook <laughs> um on our scale of something so bad that we barely consider it a movie or we can't even consider it a movie so we don't even consider it a brownie we give it a cookie something pretty bad but something redeeming is a brownie 50 50 so so is half pan full pan pretty good but it could use a little bit of sprinklage to get it up there and then if the best movie we can possibly see is a full pan of brownies with sprinkles i give this a full pan and i went into this joking with kelsey i was like oh, this is gonna be a train wreck this is gonna be so stupid let's sit down and watch this terrible cgi splooch fest and it never happened it never was the terrible movie i expected it to be granted pretty stupid and tropey movie at some points but at the same time 
it, it worked. It was really weird. It worked. And I just sat there the whole time like, this shouldn't be working. Why is this working? So I gave it a full pan. Um, and like I said, I reserve a lot of thought for after we get past spoilers. So what do you think of this movie, Daniel? It's not terrible. I agree. It is not terrible. It's actually pretty good. And when I saw it was from the director of Angel Has Fallen, I was really shocked because... Yeah. This Wait, movie... somebody did with Angel Has Fallen. Yeah, this because this is so different than that. And I mean, like, I'm not going to... What I, what I am going to do, though, is give a couple compliments and then... Um, I can say what I, the biggest, I really, it's just one thing I have of this movie that really drives me up the wall with this. It's, it's kind of like with you and army of the dead. I do like this movie, but I have one big issue that kind of resonates through the entire movie. Um, but the good things about this, no, I like the kid. I like, I like the whole ensemble. I think. Uh, I think Marine and Gerard actually are giving really heartfelt and that at times really touching performances. And I, I'm dumbfounded at, at how this director, Rick got this performance, these performances out of them. And I think, uh, I think Scott Glenn has a great performance when he shows you know up. It's like, really funny. Hmm? I just thought of this, you know, it'd be really funny. You know how I constantly mix up Gerard Butler and Russell Crowe, <laughs> Russell Crowe. What a fat Russell Crowe in this movie. <laughs> is this scene where he has to be running? Oh, my God. And look, I'm not body shaming him. I'm just saying. I always get it mixed up. And they now look distinctly different. Dude. <laughs> Swap them. Jeez. Let it go. <laughs> fat Russell Crowe. <laughs> when was the last time I brought up alcoholic Ben Affleck? <laughs> More recently than what I brought up, Russell Crowe. <laughs> um, anyway, where was I? Performances. I think the performances are terrific in this movie. Nothing against any actor in this. All of them are doing really good work. Um, I think there is a lot of tension in this movie. Um, like uh, scenes between, um, like the interplay between like uh, certain things that happens to characters where that are really bad that have nothing to do with like the comet or anything like that. There's a lot of great human drama in that. But I'm going to use that in a segue into the bigger issue I have with this movie. Is it a spoiler? It's no, it's I okay. mean, no, n- no. I will say it in the least spoiler spoilery way I can. This movie, I we bring up the mist every now and then even though we've still yet to do the mist. The mist will happen listeners, but and Nick, you know enough about the movie. It's I you've more or less yeah. seen it. <laughs> yeah. This movie really rang like the mist to me in many, many ways, but you get a little bit more action out of what is causing the tension in the mist. And for a movie about a earth ending natural disaster, I kind of thought the movie didn't have enough of it. Like as strange as that may sound me, like the posh snooty, like I don't Remember want a couple of weeks ago. You were actually, hmm? was it last week? Or two weeks ago, when I on record said this needs to be a character study, not an action movie. You're saying this doesn't need to be a character study. It needs to be more of an action movie. I want this on record. It's it's not that I need less of the character study. The, there's just not really enough of the world. Like, I get well, it. Like, I get, I get what they're trying to do. They're doing what they did with The Mist. And they're trying to show 
the 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 impact on society when you know something like this is coming down the pipeline they did the same thing in the mist but the mist did it better and the mist had more in of what was inside the mist attacking the people here in greenland there's like three total set pieces in two hours and then i i can't say the last thing because it's a spoiler and, but um and, <laughs> i have and, a big issue the with the ending <laughs> in the movie's defense give your rating I'm still going to give it a full pan because okay. the human drama is powerful enough. The Again, the performances are terrific. I did care about these characters like you did. It's just when the movie was over and I was thinking about it, I, I realized like, wait, this movie actually didn't have that much world ending for a movie about the end of the world. And that kind of bothered me when it was over. But not to the point I'm going to give it a half pan or a single brownie. Like, that's how good the acting is, people. Like this stupid end of the world movie actually has some of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie like this. So I don't know, counter each other out full pan three out of four, whatever. I, I still recommend this movie. I think it's really good. In the movie's defense. I will. I want to, I want to say this forest fires take a while. Tornadoes take a while. Hurricanes take a while. Earthquakes take a while. World ending comets pretty instantaneous <laughs> but in the movies de- in the movie's defense i'm just i i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong in any way i'm just saying in this movie's defense a comet hits and it kills people pretty instantaneous when it i'm gets not saying to the you're climax. wrong yeah. i'm not saying you're wrong this movie does a very good job of making the human drama caught like Honestly, what this movie does really well, human drama surrounding a uh, an event like okay, we're in the we're in the spoiler section now. Spoiler zone. We lived this last year, not with a comet, but <laughs> I was gonna say the world didn't literally end. <laughs> not not with a not with a comet, and Dan and I weren't selected by the president to get into a shelter, but. What I'm saying is we lived not knowing what was going to happen, mass hysteria, people panicking and thinking they need to take care of only themselves, and then people not knowing what to do. We lived this. Yeah. This movie tackles, having lived through that human drama, this movie tackles that drama pretty well and pretty spot on for having almost nothing to go off of before it came out. Um, right. Yeah. And that, that is the, that is the selling point of this movie. Like the ads are just like, it's the world ending, but like when you get into it and it's uh, so much more about the human drama, we, we've really got to jump into the ad. Like, okay, before we really jump into anything, since you brought up the ad, I only remember one trailer for this and it was because the there was only we, one. <laughs> well, what I'm getting at is the trailer that I remember was the trailer we saw I talked about it. I've I've mentioned this several times. I remember the beginning of COVID and I remember the last movie we saw in theaters. I remember that theater going experience very, very, very vividly. It's, it's, it's very different, but it's similar to nine 11. I remember a lot of stuff about it in term. And what, when I say like nine 11, it's, it's one of those defining moments. I remember 
the press coming home from work and the press conference where they were canceling schools for the rest of the year. I remember the meeting my work had clear as a bell telling us we were going to start working from home for the foreseeable future. I remember the sports leagues canceling. I remember us, our conversations coming up with a backup plan for this. I remember the beginning of this clear as a bell. I remember the, the one thing that I really remember is trying to be calm in front of my wife while watching at the time fiance while watching news press conferences with world or with political leaders going, you know what? We don't know. And we're going to have to just figure this out on the fly. And we need you to go with us on this. I remember that and having to play cool in front of her being like, it's fine. We're going to get it taken care of. It's not going to be that bad. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh dear God, the economy is going to collapse. People are losing jobs. And this is pretty serious. I remember that crap. So I remember the first time seeing this trailer clear as a bell. I remember <laughs> sitting in a theater watching this trailer happen and just be like, this is not because like literally I watched that press conference and then went to a movie and saw this. And I was like, I remember just thinking, I was like, this is not when to roll this advertising campaign out of the world is ending. Should we trust the government? Is the government trying to help some people while not help others? Like, this is not the time to make people question the government. Um, and I remember coming home from the movie and talking to my wife about how the movie was and then going, but you know what I really remember? There was this trailer and laying it out to her and she goes, are you serious? And then trying to find it on YouTube and it was nowhere on YouTube. And then it was, I never saw it aired on TV show up on as an ad for any video I was watching online. They like pulled it and it never hit the internet. And then three or four months later, that's when I saw the trailer again. Yeah. STX scrubbed that trailer. Like it was attached to the hunt. And then that was at it. <laughs> and I just want to say smart move guys. Way to read the room and be like, you know what? This isn't the time for this. Yeah, and then what? Um, actually, shoot, I forgot to confirm it. I think it this... did come out. You said it did come out in July, right? Yeah, it's uh, when I Googled it, it said it came out July of last year. Okay, so, so right when theaters started opening back up. Yeah, that, that soft open when we saw Jaws and like some movies tried to be open and then we all and closed when, again and in when like September. We, <laughs> when we went and saw... Uh, oh, Unhinged. Speak unhinged speak, speaking of uh russell crowe yeah um and oh i i always forget i saw new mutants like three days before i saw tenant and then after tenant i didn't go to the theaters again for like another four months <laughs> you went uh, with me hmm? to tenant yeah no i'm saying well okay after tenant that's what i'm saying like I saw Tenant, some time went by, I saw Tenant again with you, and then didn't go back to the theater again for a couple months after that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, let's talk about the movie. Um, Where do you want to start with it? Because, I mean, I, I kind of want to just jump, like, what I mean by there's yeah, not enough action in this, because... I, I want I want you to explain that more, because that that is very much involved with spoilers for the movie. Because I, I agree with you. There aren't a lot of action scenes in this movie involving that, but they they counterbalance it quite a bit with the human drama dilemma element. My theory, I didn't confirm this. I didn't do as much research on this as I wanted because I was doing a lot of Army of the Dead reading. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I did a lot more research on Army of the Dead than this. <laughs> but um, 
my theory is that because it's from STX, the company that gave us 21 Bridges, My Spy, a bunch of cheap movies that didn't really make any money anyway. Um, and then just by pure circumstance, this movie didn't make any money, but not because it's a bad movie. It's easily the best STX movie we've seen. But um, my theory is because it was so cheap, they had to rely so much on the characters um, which is fine. It, it worked fine. Again, I love all the acting in this movie and I cared about these guys, but there's too many times where instead of like, they set up that anything can happen at any time, people can die out of the blue. And then there's like three set pieces and every other time, like anything is happening. It's all off screen, talked about on a radio, or talked about on the TV. It's not happening with us in the moment with these characters outside of, like, the highway, the highway one, and two random shockwaves. And then the big climax, Charles, or whatever the hell the stupid comet's name is, Clark, swoop, Clark swoops above them. We see, we see Clark do, like, a little wa- drive-by, just like, hey, what's up, going to Europe. And then we don't see Gonna him. End the world later. We don't see him hit Europe. We see literally for one Mississippi, somebody looking at Clark already hitting Europe, going 90 seconds to impact. And then it cuts to black after they all start crying and like, we're going to be okay because we're a family. Cut to black. And then CGI shot of Paris destroyed. CGI shot of this destroyed. CGI shot of Chicago destroyed. And that's kind of it. There's no action in this action movie. Outside of maybe 10 minutes of this two-hour runtime. So that was kind of disappointing for me that, like... I mean, again, the human drama is really, really good. But when you are an action movie, I expect a little bit more action than what was in this movie. So what you're saying is this movie's Godzilla 2014? Yeah! This movie's Godzilla 2014, for sure! <laughs> except, except Godzilla 2014 had a climax with a big battle. It just took two hours to get there. This one had little battles, like, twice here and there, and then when the movie's over, we don't see Clark destroy anything. We cut to black, and then the aftermath. And I think it's because this movie was so cheap. I'm actually going to look up what the budget was while you talk, but... I I was going to say, I would agree with you on the budget. Like, it's so cheap, maybe they couldn't afford to do anything. Because I I would think... $34 This movie cost $34 million to make. That is a very cheap budget. It's it, well, I, what I was getting at is I would think it's a combination of what you were talking about with the budget, and then what I was talking about with asteroids are very instantaneous. It's not a lot of it's like uh, this is really dumbing this down, but each impact of an asteroid chunk in this movie is like a nuclear bomb going off, and it's hard to play that out. Like, like I said. Uh, forest fires, like in those that wish me dead. That's a, that's a developing thing. Twister, that takes a while. Uh, there could have been earthquakes. There could have been earthquakes. There could have been fires from like how hot the wind was. The ground could have shook from the impact, like the ripple effect of like seismic waves. Like it does. I, not not that much though. Like there's not. I was. I guess maybe it's expectations. Maybe it was expectations. Like I expected more like uh, reverbial destruction like not just an asteroid impact but i i don't know some more stuff falling apart or more like i don't know i was surprised i was surprised it felt it felt like there should have been more i don't know i thought that there should have been more like given like all the setup that they had to it and even the news broadcasters saying oh stuff can happen literally out of the blue but then like 
Tokyo's destruction. We don't see Jack from Tokyo. In yeah, that, this place. that kind we don't of was see annoying Jack when they were place. like, Tokyo's gone. And I was like, I get anything. But I just find it funny hearing you say this, Mr. It, not everything needs to be an action movie. Um, this, is okay. a disaster, this is a disaster movie. I knew what I was getting into, but then turns I'm not, out, hey, JK, I'm not this is a character drama. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. But but that's my only big gripe of this movie. I'm just, that's my only big gripe of this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I will say something that I want to kind of rip the movie for, um, is, uh, is actually the main family dynamic. One, of course there was going to be the trope of the kids either asthmatic or diabetic. Like I, as soon as they showed his insulin pump, I was like, oh, there's the trope of the kid being diabetic or asthmatic for just to cause problems later in the movie. MacGuffin, um, no, not MacGuffin insulin pump. <laughs> the mystical MacGuffin insulin pig. Um, and then I'm honestly like, I, I talked about this with a guy I work with. I'm really tired of disaster movies where the dad's a piece of crap and he's got a failing relationship with his family and with his wife and they're either separated and or divorced. And dude, then this is what brings them together. <laughs> dude, you know what? Something I want to give Godzilla 2014. It had that character. Granted, I'm not happy they killed Brian Cranston that early, but it doesn't focus on that character as the lead. It focused on the other guy. And you know what? He's got a pretty good family dynamic. Yeah. I'll Aaron give Taylor you that. Johnson. I do. I do like that. There's a disaster movie where the guy that's the hero is, isn't a total piece of crap like as soon as soon as it showed them on because i don't remember that at all in the trailer and then in this movie the moment that they show that he's not really getting along with his wife and like they're they're separated or and or divorced or whatever i was just like seriously like i don't need to see someone mend their relationship just because the world's ending like in fact at a certain point, I don't remember at what exact certain point. Uh, I think it's when it might be when they get to her dad's house. She like hugs and kisses him. And I'm like, this was so pointless. They could have just gone along the entire time. Like, in fact, from the moment they get in the car, they act like they're married. So the dumb thing at the beginning of the movie where they're just throwing in like, yeah, they're like, they're not really getting along. It's like. This isn't needed. Like, just have a good family dynamic, but maybe the wife doesn't understand. Like, okay. He could just so, work too much and not cheat it on her. He could just be a workaholic. It doesn't have to even be the same trope. Well, not even that. Like, when, okay, so when they get the thing and they're like, the president has selected you, right? And they're like, well, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm an architectural engineer. What if, okay. What if the wife didn't fully understand what his job is? And so because of the in like, not the severity, but like because of his work, he's been selected to live. And then he starts unveiling information to her where it's like, yeah, stuff's a little bit bigger than you expected. I'd be cool with that, but I don't need this trope of, Failing marriage, guy's a piece of crap in every disaster movie. Bill Paxton and Twister. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god, my sister, my sister and I have this inside joke. Hi, I'm Bill Pax. Yeah. Oh my You've god. You've told me this story before. In fact, I thought about <laughs> that conversation about me being too old about drinking games. I picked a random episode to listen to while working today, and it was the one where you said that story, and I wanted oh, to reply in that group chat and be like, "Hi, I'm Bill Paxton." What ep- what episode was that? Because we didn't do Twister. Artemis Fowl. I wonder why I brought up Bill Paxton and Artemis Fowl when he's not in it. <laughs> uh, we brought it up in the Brownie Bites segment. I don't exactly remember why. Oh, it was okay. I was gonna say that's a weird thing to bring up in Artemis Fowl. <laughs> um. That's that's so funny though. Um, but yeah, who? Oh, but, what yeah, else were you trying to so, say? So that that's just kind of what I want to get at with that. I, like that trope, I didn't like. But the one thing I do like, we we've mentioned it, but I really want to go into. I really want to commend the movie for how it handles like the human element in this movie. Um, I really was rooting for these characters throughout the whole movie. Like, I really wanted them to succeed. I really wanted them to live. Um, I felt the pressure of the ticking clock. Uh, something that I touched on in the Army of the Dead trailer. I do feel like there's a real sense of urgency in this movie. Um, so, I like that. I-, I will point out one thing I thought was really funny at the end. was when he's stopping the plane that they end up getting on. And he goes take us or i'm not moving the truck and he's like no and he goes well if you're not gonna take me take my wife and kid i was like this is the argument you had before you left your house like an hour and 50 minutes ago in the movie yeah (laughs) when the one lady's like take my daughter and i even said like kelsey was like take the kid with her and i was like no and she goes what does like why so they can either shoot the kid on site because she's not technically with them and they said that he could only bring himself his wife and and the and that child or they have to abandon that child at the gate and it dies alone and scared without the comfort of its parents. And then he says the exact same thing. And I just looked at Kelsey and was like, see, that's my exact point. Sometimes it's nicer to just not take them. Yeah. Because you then, give them hope. You give them hope. They have a greater. <laughs> you give them hope. You give them a greater downfall of sadness and pain, Batman. <laughs> I was born in darkness. <laughs> I was born in the asteroid, molded by it, and now it will be my undoing. <laughs> Look at my mask. Yeah. All of God. I actually <laughs> wonder what that's going to sound like on playback. I've never done a recorded version of that. I, I'll let you know when I edit this in a couple days. <laughs> Dan, Dan just texted me. He's like, dude, that is complete garbage. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> it sounds like, like all i just hear is <laughs> it's like if bane was played by kenny <laughs> dan's like actually that's the clearest your audio's ever come out you have to talk like that the entire episode every time now. oh my god no <laughs> i'm doing this show with you not bane <laughs> i had hoped that there would be a new movie but you know, instead I decided to rise and take back my city. <laughs> because the boy singing in this movie had a lovely, lovely voice. <laughs> What's the matter, you gloomy pussies? <laughs> I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. Olive Garden, when you're here, you're. Because there's a penis in your mouth. <laughs> There's a penis in your mouth, Batman. <laughs> Batman, 
Have you been to Olive Garden recently? What is happening? <laughs> so, funny, funny story. Do you want to know, uh, when I was listening to Artemis Fowl, do you, I think it was Artemis Fowl. If, if it wasn't Artemis Fowl, it was the time. Actually, I think it might have been the time machine. When we did the bill, because I listened to a whole episode while working today, other than the, other than the Brownie Bites segment. Um, do you remember our second podcast proposal for Bill Belichick as a as a high school academic advisor? No, what? We had a bit that we were going to make a second podcast that would be 45 minutes once a week and it's just me doing a Bill Belichick impression pretending to be an academic advisor be like yeah, this kid, you know. We're not worried about if he's going to get into USC. We know he's going to get into USC, but we just want him to have options so USC sweats it out, and then maybe they throw some scholarships his way. Oh, I do I do remember a, this. I do remember this now. I'm, if you think I'm not going to take a nap during fifth period, you're out of your mind, Batman. <laughs> I do remember that now, yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I listened to it today, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot we were going to do that. <laughs> I forgot that, but I will never forget Master Skywalker. <laughs> anyway, back to, back to this movie. Um, yeah, we clearly have a lot to but, say about this. <laughs> um, so okay, so we talked about this is 2012 done well, and there's a lot of stuff. It feels like it steals from 2012, especially towards the end where. 20, like 2012's biggest issue is like there's so much time left when they get to the arc, right? There's yeah. still a crazy amount of time left. And then here they get to the shelter and they're like, yeah, just hunker down and then it's going to blow up and then it's going to it's going to World War Z ending opening where we figured out how to combat this and there's hope for tomorrow. Yeah, but 2012 also ended the world at the end of act 1. This movie did what you're supposed to do and end the world at the end of the movie, you know? Like, well, 20, 2012's biggest issue with ending the world in Act One was like, okay, are you going to, um, are you going to show the restructuring? Are there going to be ramifications and more fallout from the end of the world? No, it's a bunch <laughs> of characters you don't like trying to get to boats. <laughs> Insert Ralph meme. Nope. Yeah, like. <laughs> This movie, this movie, like, I, I, I get such a sinking feeling when they go, when they say, this is an extinction level event. I actually was like, damn, those words are really hard to hear. Dude, seeing Clark at the beginning of the movie as just like a very, very bright star, I wrote in my notes, dear God, that in the real world alone would in society that would be so terrifying yeah well so something that i remember from the time i saw the trailer when they were like yeah we're gonna have a cookout we're all gonna watch him crash into the ocean it's like what people are that calm yeah right <laughs> like Not it's the it's the closest pass by ever and some of the chunks are gonna come into our atmosphere and crash Dude, that, no one's this calm. That no very, one is this calm. That very first one when uh, Clark destroys or part of Clark destroys Tampa and Orlando. 
Um, not gonna lie, I wrote in my notes, not Orlando. <laughs> I but, loved, I loved in the the part where, because the the trailer kind of the trailer. I don't know. I don't know if ruins the right word, but the fact that it shows him outside get hit by the shockwave of the first piece of debris flying by, I, for some reason, I was like, "Man, why did you show that?" But uh, that was that when, was that that was so. Like, if I knew the rest of the movie was not going to be as exciting as that little isolated moment was, like, God, that was so that was so cool. To me, to me, the movie gets very real when they show the news footage because. First of all, I can't believe they'd air that <laughs> where they're like, you're about to watch a whole city get destroyed. But then again, we've got nine or we've got footage of 9-11, one of the biggest terrorist acts of all time. We've seen we've some seen pretty some... troubling stuff on the news. The news is pretty cool as sharing awful things. I wouldn't put it yeah. past them if this actually happened. <laughs> but just what just what I'm getting at is like. When he says this imagery that you're about to see, viewer discretion advised, this is very difficult to watch. The thing that I really like in that scene is I like that they had the audio from the guy in the helicopter. Because yeah. I like that panic in his voice of like, oh, my God, dude, turn around. Like he even like, you know, it's bad when the news runs away. Do you re- do you remember seeing that that uh, that factory explosion? What a year or two ago? You know which one I'm talking about? Can you narrow it down a little bit? (laughs) No, no. What I just no, I don't. I know. I know what you're saying. Just that sentence just made me laugh. I it was this factory. It was this. It was this fireworks factory. Um, I can't remember in what country. Oh yeah, it went viral. Like that one. Yeah, the video that went viral was the guy on the balcony, and it literally threw him in his apartment when it exploded. Yeah, that was like two, yeah. three years. I, I can't remember if I was still I in think New it York was last year. If it wasn't last year, it was very late 2019. I was going to say, I didn't think I was in, I didn't think I was in New York still when that happened. But like, it made me think of that video. Like the guy literally like maybe five blocks away and he gets his ass thrown back into the wall yeah. because of how big that explosion was. Well, what about the, the there's another scene too, where it, it, the, the real emotion of what's happening where the one guy's like look it's chunks of clark hey those are kind of close oh that's coming right at us yeah i but it, it it was it's cool yes but it's it's one of those things that like you cheaped out by making it like in the news like i i'm of two minds of it like it would have been cool if we had more cutaways to destruction elsewhere like as like transitions from like scene to scene like instead of just watching it in the news like i kind of wish they actually had more money to like fill film full-scale destruction scenes instead of just having it all in the background i got a i got a question for you that you might find me hypocritical for asking if someone said there was a director's cut that included more carnage, would you want to see it? Like more gore? No, more carnage. Like it shows you the devastation you're wanting to see, but it adds to the runtime. Where it's just like, yeah, this is just the stuff they made us take out for budgetary reasons, but now we've got the budget behind us, we can add it to it, but it adds an extra 15 to 20 minutes to a, to an already two-hour-long movie. Oh, if it's only like 20 minutes, sure. Like... If it's only, tw- I mean, if it's, if it goes, if it bloats an hour, like, no, like, but I don't, I don't know. If it's though, only like 2.15, that's not bad. 
I I think this movie, if you add anything to it, becomes dangerously close to being bloated. And it, it what worries me is jumping back to 2012. We've seen this movie in a bloated form before, where it feels like too much is happening and not enough action sequences are happening. And but 2012's got know. the bigger issue of the writing. Like this movie again, doesn't end the world in Act 1. It's building up to ending the world at the end of the movie. I'm, 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 I'm just... What I'm getting at is I, def, or I describe this as this is 2012 done good. Yeah. And one of my biggest complaints about... And one of, one of my and one of the biggest complaints about 2012 is that movie's bloated. And it's like... I have a hard time... Because I think the runtime for this is, is really good because... You can't dwindle. You can't dawdle. You're very, you know, it keeps the pace. It keeps the running clock. It keeps the sense of anticipation and nerves. And, oh, my God, you got to get to these places. And you got these checkpoints and these timelines. And you have to get to yeah. point B, to point C, to point D. And you start adding to the runtime by just putting in extra action sequences. I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying, like, full-blown sequences. Like, maybe, like, 30 seconds of, like, a panning shot of a place on fire or like it looks okay. And then an asteroid hits and it explodes like literally like 15 to 30 seconds. Like I'm not asking, I'm not saying like full blown set pieces, but like just more destruction actually happening on screen instead of somebody hearing it or seeing it on TV and then turning off the TV. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. What did you think of? I, I love when that one neighbor snaps at him when he's in the car and he's just like, what do they tell you? It's like, has they told you where we can go to live? It's like, easy, bud. It's great character drama. This movie's chock full of great character yeah. drama. Like, I, I love that way. I like that he snapped, but, like, he didn't fully lose it yet. Like, how we see everybody later in yeah. the movie when, like, they have mentally just snapped. Like, this guy's just trying to grasp at hope before he realizes there, well, like, is no hope. Even... Even the rest of the neighbors, like, they are much more snappy. Like, that guy is much more level-headed, and it's like, oh, crap, the level-headed guy's losing it. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of development scenes, the scene where they go into the pharmacy. <laughs> Did you, Tell me if you had this thought, too, when you saw that scene. They, like, roll up to the pharmacy, and I was like, oh, I saw World War Z, too. I don't remember which specific scene in World War Z you're talking about. Okay, so in, in this movie, it's the scene where they pull up to the save right to go get the kids um, insulin. Yeah, no, I, I know I know what scene here you're talking the about. They're going through the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. World War Z, right after the zombie outbreak when they uh, uh, are in, like, right after they get out of, like, downtown. Is it Pencil Philadelphia? Is that where they're at? Where, like, they first see the zombie outbreak, and then they go in to get the kid's asthma inhaler before they start giraffing away in the camper. And they go into a uh, a pharmacy as it's being looted. I vaguely... It's very early on in that movie. I say I vaguely remember... <laughs> I more remember the end of the movie, and, like... The set piece, I think it was in Israel when the zombies like made a mountain of themselves that almost got over the wall. Like, yeah, I just no, remember they did get over the wall. I just remember snippets of that movie because I haven't seen it since 2015. <laughs> All 
I've only seen it like two times since I saw it in theaters in full. I've seen it on TV quite a few times, but in terms of watching it in full since seeing it in theaters, I've only seen it twice. Yeah. Um, or maybe 2014. Uh, I can, I think that movie's almost 10 years old now. I can't remember. I, I, yeah. I know I've seen it only once, though. Um, So in, uh, in this movie, when the kid gets kidnapped, did you recognize the gentleman driving that truck? Or driving the vehicle when they kidnap the kid. Do you recognize the gentleman with the beard? Yep, that was douchey boyfriend from very early in the office. David Denman. <laughs> oh, he got his head blew he got his head blew up in uh uh burnt not burnout, uh burn burn uh bright burn. After reading? Nope. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um But I, I thought it was funny when he shows up because I love when they pull up to that one thing. And he's like, just tell them we're your parents and blah, 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 and we'll all be safe and okay. And I love when they're going through there. They start having, like, a moniker of an issue. And the kid's like, they're not my parents. They took me. Was was like, Hope – so Hope Davis was his mom, his wife. Did they save their relationship? Because if that was his wife – Hope she's, Davis? The blonde lady that was uh, with him in the truck. Was that his mom? With David Denman? Yeah, that was Hope Davis. That's his wife. That was okay. So he married a significantly older woman than him. I guess I swear I thought that was like supposed to be his mom. Like I, <laughs> as far as I know, that's his wife. Because I okay. thought it was really strange. I thought it was really strange that David Denman stayed in the truck when she, because she was at the pharmacy, right? Yeah. And that's how, like, that's how Deadpool's wife is like, "Hey, can we go with you?" And like. You see the scene where, like, the one guy's wheeling through the old lady that gets shot. And I don't know why that made me... I don't know why I laughed. That's not what I... I don't know. I'm not laughing that that lady got shot. But I'm just saying, like, we, we see all this carnage. And then you see David Denman, who... And what I'm saying is why I thought it was weird that she went in and David Denman didn't... David Denman's a pretty big dude. And this lady's pretty, like, lanky. And I was like, David... You could bulldoze through people that that lady can't. Why yeah. did you stay in the truck? I can't say. Don't know. That's a funny note, though. <laughs> um, but I the one thing that I will say is a lot of stuff in this movie is just, oh, of course, happenstance. They happen to find each other. But, like, I won't even find – I won't even say that I find it hard to believe – like, to me, it's hard to believe that, like, the plan to get to her father's house worked, but I don't find it that far-fetched that, like, she gets to an airfield and finds the sun. It's like, well, I mean, if you just follow this one road to this one destination, of course you're going to end up at the same place. But when... Dude, so so much of the traveling is happenstance and luck and movie magic. Like, um, I laughed when they were driving to Canada in the truck, and I was just like that truck gets at most like 15 miles to the gallon and with the world falling apart bull crap that you actually got to canada from kentucky like without any issue <laughs> was it kentucky because they were talking about new york i didn't at some point too i have no idea there was, where they were there were times was it jump. kentucky it started in Kentucky because they were trying to get to Lexington where dad is. And then okay. it time jumped to upstate New York when the fire storm happened. And then from upstate New York to Canada. Okay. 
But yeah, they like, they have they would have had to have stopped for gas like every four hours, like, and there's no way that there's any gas stations that are operating. Like, I just when they get to Canada, I'm just like, okay, they got to Canada. Like, okay, movie, I I get it. <laughs> I I the thing that I found like funny and kind of hard to believe was like when he gets on that one truck and they like has the fight in the back of it and then he hits that one guy in the head with the hammer i was like i find it hard to believe that he gets out of that situation with a vehicle and doesn't just run away into the woods and then tries to hide from everybody yeah i i don't know why like well i mean they would have kept chasing him so i guess a fight or flight thing i guess but I don't know. I kind of like that moment though because that was like the breaking, well, the, the one not thing, the breaking the one... point, but that was that was like teetering right on the edge, and he manages to not break. But I like that it kind of hinted that like this moment, like, oh my god, did it break him? But then it ended up not breaking. Like, thank God it didn't. But like, I like that it teased that a little bit. Well, one thing that I really like in this movie that you don't see in a lot of movies like this is this guy just. He's an architecture guy, but he's a very well-known architecture, architectural engineer. And he knows how to build buildings. He's not a war veteran. He's not a former <laughs> Secret Service guy. He's yeah. not a former or current mercenary. So when he kills someone, it messes with him. It's not that he can just kill someone at a moment's notice like Brad Pitt in World War Z. He actually has a moment where he's like, oh, my God, I put a hammer into that dude's skull. Like, it does freak him out. Death is not an afterthought for this guy. Or murder is not an afterthought for this guy. It is a very real and very troubling thought for him. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was awesome. And I, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was it was pretty harrowing watching the kid get kidnapped uh, when yeah. he when he turns around and the kid died like getting thrown out of the truck, like I wrote in my notes, like I I'm go I want you to realize how big a kid time... died getting thrown out of the truck. The the African American guy he was sitting next to. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry, you said kid. I was thinking the kid with diabetes that was his son. I was like he lived. What are you talking about? Here's how here's how much time went by that I didn't take any notes because I was getting pretty invested into it. I wrote um. Hey, the guy from the office. Jesus, kid kidnapped, dad killed someone. This is pretty damn intense. And then, ha, their TV was paused on MLB extra inning. Yeah, I thought that was funny. In 30 um, minutes, in 30 minutes, I took, or 30, 40 minutes, I took three notes. <laughs> well, I the thing that I find interesting is, spe- speaking of the pausing like MLB extra innings, because he's not a secret service guy he doesn't he's not in constant contact with the government he really is just some guy they deemed worthy of living yeah so he's not really getting like good constant updates and the phone networks are such crap right now because everyone's traveling and trying to call people and trying to figure out what to do and also giant structures of mainframes are getting destroyed He's not getting very current information from anything. So, like, the scene where he breaks in someone's house and just starts getting news information or when they're driving around getting information from radio towers. I think that was I the, like that I when think that was that we learn something. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, when we learn something, he learns something. And it's not because some government guy is telling him. 
he's hearing what would be told to most people, which is mass communications through either the radio, TV, or the internet. Like, I don't know. It's it, it, That's a massive credit to Chris it, making him an everyman and not yeah, a superman. It, it, it's a real well i would say it's a real credit to the movie in general that it's it's not we're we're in a heightened sense of security or a heightened i don't know the right term a heightened sense of understanding because the because we're following a character that is a government agent or a secret official or you know xyz we're getting he's not yeah, following this the- is He's not following this a is, predetermined blueprint that he would have heard of in passing in like yeah. some other training. Like he it is an everyman in the moment. They weren't planning for this. This is a guy that's worried about his failing marriage. He's trying to salvage that. He's trying to have a good relationship with his son. He works too much, and you can tell he's worried about the mortgage. He's worried about his son's health, and he's trying to fix things with his wife and family. Granted, I wish it wasn't that, but like it's just a guy with regular everyday issues, unlike Brad Pitt, where it's like, oh, you know what, you know what to do because you were overseas during some big siege in Uganda. Like they're just like, hey, you built the out of that building, dude. Like he's just a dude. Dude, did you? Um, you just made me think. Um, I don't think you've seen this movie. Have you seen Nick Cage's Into the World movie? Uh, the one where he's on an airplane? No, not the Christian one. No, <laughs> not that oh, one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have seen, I've no. seen two minutes of it. Uh, is it uh, knowing uh, the one, the one where like he starts seeing like important dates and stuff that line up with terrible events? Yeah, it's like the number twenty three, but instead of a murder, it's the end of the world. So. Funny story, I've only seen one scene from it because my dad recorded it because he thought it was insane when he, what he was seeing on TV. And it's the plane crash scene where, like, Nick Cage just talks to a guy that's on fire and is like, roll around on the ground. And then, like, he's, like, walking around. And then, like, someone comes up to Nick Cage and asks him if he's okay. And it's like, there are people on fire and okay, strapped I... into their seats in a plane crash. Dude, That's I... the only thing from that movie I've seen. Okay, I'll drop because I don't want to. I don't want to say anything else about that movie because I do want us to do it for a time machine because I saw it went streaming. But um, yeah, but uh, that that sidebar that crash sequence was freaking insane in that movie. And I yeah, I I love knowing. I'd love to know what you think of the whole movie if we can squeeze it in the calendar. But anyway, I'll move on so, from that. I don't want to ruin so it. So <laughs> actually, speaking of plane crashes, a really strange YouTube rabbit hole I've been down recently is I've been, because I'm 45, I've been watching aviation disaster explanation videos. We have an aviation disaster and in this movie too. That's what, That was something I was going to say is, uh, yeah, we see the plane explosion on the tarmac. But I'm actually kind of amazed they don't have something about, like, one of the asteroid chunks, like, clipping the wing of a plane and causing an airplane crash. That's a great idea for something to enhance the action of this movie. <laughs> like a we real did... tiny chunk of debris just clipping a wing and causing a 747 to spiral and crash into something, that, like, as they're driving. Right. I mean, we do have the forced landing Hell, when they the, get to the Greenland. Highway, I the mean, highway scene, that would have been a great thing to do because all those chunks are small enough to just light one person on fire or destroy a car, not level an entire city like some of the other ones. 
yes, thank you. Now you get what I'm saying. There's a, there was a lot of opportunity oh, for action that wasn't in getting, this. I was 100% getting what you're saying. I was just saying, to the film's credit, it makes up for that by having a good character story that these movies normally don't have. Yes, credit to Rick and Chris for doing a hell of a good job, like, making us care about these people in this script, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look through my notes real quick, see if there's any specific thing I want to talk about real quick. Um, I, I had already glanced at my notes to read you that one thing. I, um, like I, like I said, I was invested enough as much as I complain about it. Um, the lack of action. I, I was invested enough. I really didn't take that many notes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, well, that plane plan went well after all the stuff blows up. By the way, if you guys thought I wouldn't point this out, Dodge charges are in this movie. We're not done talking about them. But were, um, was it Volvo's? Volvo's the one you always notice in movies? Yeah, what the, well, dude, why is there always a Volvo in a movie? But there wasn't a Volvo in this one, though. He was I've driving got, a, they were driving a, a lot QX, of Dodges an Infinity, in an Infinity QX80 is the vehicle that they drive through a majority of this movie. Um, oh, okay. I've got, <laughs> I've got, the government didn't just abandon this plane plan after an entire airfield was wiped out after it got overrun by people that broke that breached the perimeter dude that was a great twist for that scene to have them overrun with people i thought that was pretty intense to watch like honestly like of course what are you gonna do they're gonna start shooting people and then of course well like i don't know i loved everything about that i like the way that that scene ended bad bad cgi moment when gerard butler reaches into that guy's car and his shirt gets lit on fire the fire on his shirt looks bad Oh, yeah. Did I not say that before? The CGI looked pretty cheap throughout this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks kind of bad through several moments. Kind of um, bad. Also, <laughs> there's a lot of earth... scenes that are really bad. <laughs> why on earth was the kid's friend just casually talking to him about life flashing before your eyes before death? <laughs> I forgot Lighten that. up, kid. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> that was really funny. Another another C, another CGI... Um, Another CGI moment that looked really bad was right after the plane crash when they're going to Greenland. The CGI where they're standing outside the plane, I was like, wow, this looks horrible. Like, Dude, we we talked about the off mic before I watched it. I thought about renting this in 4K instead of just watching it on HBO. I, I talked you out of it. I, I was like, you know what? You don't need to. I... I, I'm not convinced the CGI would have looked better, like, because I could tell the CGI looked pretty bad already, but I do, like, the oh, the the first, like, 30 minutes, or, like, the middle, like, 20 to 40 minutes of the movie when it's all in darkness, like, that was, like, when we talked about in Buried, like, watching it on Blu-ray, like, how compressed the video was. I could definitely see yeah. that on HBO. <laughs> so, I got I got two things left. One... Nine months later, they say that they were underground for nine months later, and then suddenly they're coming out with a new shot at life. And I was like, subtle about being nine months underground and getting a shot at new life. <laughs> Rebirth. But I like last... that everybody looked the, looked the same, except the kids' the kids' hair was slightly longer, but everyone yeah. else somehow looked the same. <laughs> but the last thing I want to talk about before we go to the Nicolas Cage question. Did we talk about Nicolas Cage and Army of the Dead? Oh, Jesus, I don't think we did. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Who would you cast Nicolas Cage to be in Army of the Dead, a movie we're not reviewing right now? 
can we say it without spoilers in this since we, people think we're talking Greenland? <laughs> yeah, okay, just a heads up. Real quick, spoilers for Army of the Dead if you haven't listened to that review or watched it yet because we forgot this. Jesus Christ. Who would you... We went pretty long in that movie. Who would you cast Nick Cage to be in Y in, in Army of the Dead? Um, I would either have, I would either have Nick as the casino uh, owner, or I would have casted him as Dieter, just because Nick Cage screaming at zombies the whole movie would have been really funny. <laughs> I would have cast him to be one of the two people in the truck that uh, gets hit by the guy getting roadhead that causes the zombie apocalypse. Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This movie, Greenland. Who would you cast Nicolas Cage to be and why? Ah, oh, man, I this is one I wish I wrote down because <laughs> there's not really like a lot to pick from. I, I kind of think though, it's kind of a. I don't really get jokey or, I. It would be the dad. It would be, uh, it would be the woman's dad. It would be the wife's dad. I think Nick Cage would be really good in that role, just wearing a tank top. Let's make pancakes. Like, <laughs> I think I think he'd be good I, as a dad. I I would cast him as the as the dad for uh, Deadpool's wife. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking the same character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just looking at him. I would love, especially the scene where he's in the barn and they're like, "You're gonna die here," and he's like, "Yeah." Like I don't. I just don't see him fitting in the role of. Um, the guy from the office, I just, I, I don't see him there. And then outside of that, there's not really many other good choices. Like, and we've already David, seen him. We've already seen him David do this Denman, in Knowing, so he can't be the David lead. Denman for playing an actor, or for playing a role in The Office for so long of, it's a comedy show. The guy's got comedy chops. But the way his character ends on that show, like, yeah, he pops up from time to time. But, like, his main story arc ends in a pretty dark way of he's gonna physically assault a dude and it gets bear maced and was, was that the end of season like three like wasn't that super early in the show season I was it, it, like four or five at the latest like it, i think four i don't know it's it's right after the office merger like after they merge with uh that other branch I, god i can't remember yeah um because it's it's either the end of season three or the end of season four. I don't remember, but yeah, he for someone that started out as a comedy actor, he plays v like a very quiet, angry, calculating person. He plays that role really well, and I you know I wouldn't want David Denman to be replaced in this movie. I don't really think like he would fit in. The only neighbor he'd do a good job as is the one that actually keeps us calm through majority of it. Yeah. Um, he'd be waste. He's too old, and he'd be wasted as some military guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd put him to be the dad, yeah, or one I, of the dad's friends that's playing poker with him. I, yeah, like it's just I don't know. This wasn't really a good movie for this question, but I, I mean, hey, yeah. the the dad's not a bad pick. So, um. So that was it for your notes, right? Like, did you um, have yeah. anything else you wanted to, to pull up? Yeah, that was it. Okay. I didn't have anything in my notes either. So uh, I guess just to recap, uh, we're both full pans on this movie. Uh, it is on HBO right now as of this taping. So check it out. Uh, it's 
worth her time, really. Like, as much as I complain about the lack of action, it's still yeah. pretty good character drama. So, yeah. So with that, let's go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, we will remind you what we got coming down the pipeline next week. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, that is it for another week here on Brownie Points. Thank you, Idle Marfin of Fugue, for the bumper music. Fugue. <laughs> Nick, thank you for the guitar riff before this review. Next week, <laughs> next week, guys, uh, we are still Facebook, not... Brownie Points, guy, doesn't know. Wait, are you actually doing it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, next week, guys. Um, we are both still not quite fully vaccinated yet. Uh, I mean, I have my second shot but i'm still in that two-week window nick you're just about to get your second shot my so, shot is tomorrow from the time we're recording is tomorrow yes so we are still sticking it here er, kicking it here at home stick <laughs> it to the bad neosis <laughs> we are still gonna be at home streaming for a couple weeks which means you're next not week... hardcore if you don't live hardcore yeah <laughs> um but yeah, sorry, lost my train of thought because you just reminded me of that really sad story we talked about on Brownie Bites. Um, <laughs> um, next week, our first review is going to be streaming still because, like I said, we're not going to the theater still for a couple weeks. We're finally going to catch up with the Netflix debut of The Woman in the Window. Uh, we just know it's been out for a little bit, but we just pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. But next week, we're finally going to watch it. It's Amy Adams. It's an adaptation of the really, really popular book. And we will let you know if we think it's as bad as all of you on the internet have been saying uh, the past month. So um, that will be our first movie. Like I said, it is on Netflix and it will be out on next Tuesday. Our thoughts on The Woman in the Window. Nick, you have held this from me. Uh, so let the listeners and me know uh, where we're going to take the time machine next week for our second review. You're going to have to wait a little longer. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema. Instagram, Brownie <laughs> underscore points underscore guide. And Twitter at Brownie underscore cinema. As well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending us Brownie Bites. It is whether topics get discussed, contents to do, movie trailers review, uh, or movies review, whether in theaters or streaming new releases or time machines. Also, make sure you're leaving us reviews, whatever platform you listen to us on. Um, if we get them, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, I'll read them on air. Uh, the bowl of popcorn, the show logo with a brownie in it. It's going to be the profile picture of everything. We're also on Letterboxd. Uh, Dan is capital D, Brandon 49. I'm somewhere on there. Uh, make sure you're telling everyone that you possibly can about the show. We don't ask for much uh, unless you're Nikki and Lucas because right now we're asking for reviews from you guys. Um, come on. We've done some stuff for you. Leave us a review. We've given you reviews. Give us reviews. Um, hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I want to make that a new thing. If we do a review that you request, please leave us a review. Review for a review. Um, and then, uh, just yeah, stuff like that. Uh, shout it while you're making love. Tell people about the show all the time. Say it, like, say it when you go to the dentist and he's got your mouth open. You're like, <laughs> like do that. Uh, do it when... Uh, it's, uh, I don't know if I would classify it as a sin, but say it in confessional. Um, <laughs> father, I listened to seven episodes of Brownie points guide to cinema in a row. <laughs> Speaking of Catholicism segue into my time machine pick for next week. It's a comedy that's long been teased on here. 
that I said we weren't reviewing because I didn't own it. And I said when we uh, reviewed it, likely is when I was going to be buying a copy of it. I just bought a, a 4K copy of it online today. I don't know the year, but it stars John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Batson Brothers. They got the blues. If you're wondering why I like such a weird array of music, I was introduced to this film from a very young age. The music is fantastic. The Blues Brothers. Dude, oh snap. This is one of my dad's favorite movies of all time. I love this movie. I used to have a shirt with them on the front of it that I wore in high school all the time. Yo, I have a DVD of this, but I will not watch it on my 4K TV, so I am seeing... <laughs> um, Hey, you know what? It is not streaming for free, listeners, but it's Sp- only... Which is why we hadn't reviewed it before, because I didn't want to pay for a rental. I was like, I'm just going to outright buy this so I finally have a copy of it, because... My dad owns the copy that was in the household I lived in forever, and then I moved, and suddenly I didn't have a copy of it anymore. Actually, just kidding. It is on Peacock, but I don't have Peacock, so And it I'm... has ads. I do want to say that. I looked that up earlier. It does have ads. Yeah, unless you pay Peacock like five bucks a month, but I'm not doing that, so I'm going to pay... I'm going to pay Apple or Amazon to rent it in 4K because it says I can rent it in 4K there. So I will let you know if that's actually true because Just Watch sometimes likes to lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all. Dude, nice. I'm ex- I'm excited. I Dude, I don't remember the last time I watched the Blues Brothers. It's been well over a decade. I, I'm sure it was with my dad when I was a little kid. But no, dude, sweet. I, I mean, you know I used to work at Universal. I, yeah. I've seen the the... I've seen the Blues Brothers live, like that funny live show that they do there a couple times. Yeah. That's the closest to seeing the movie I've seen, like, forever. That Ah, dude. Yes. I'm excited. I want to see this. It's maybe, it's maybe been, like, five years since I've seen the whole movie all the way through. But, um, yeah, I was introduced to this movie. The TV edit, <laughs> just my parents weren't playing a movie that said the F word openly in front of me. Uh, the TV <laughs> edit of it, but very young age. I'm talking, like six i just this is one of the first movies i remember watching with my dad was because i remember the scene where they go to uh uh ray charles's music shop from a very young age the only thing i vividly the four the four whole fried chickens and a coke scene the only thing i vividly remember is them driving the cop car through the mall (laughs) (laughs) oh look the new nissans are in i also know i also no stories about how much cocaine was consumed while they were making the movie uh, <laughs> mountains <laughs> yeah. dude that's exciting uh yeah so listeners... they've been teasing this for a while in fact i don't even know if i would had moved out the first time we mentioned the possibility of doing this movie i can't remember the last time you brought up wanting to do this honestly like i believe you i just don't remember the last time you brought this up <laughs> that's exciting though that's cool i'm glad you bought a 4k of that yeah I was like, I'm gonna look up and see if there's a Blu-ray, and I got on Walmart.com, and the 4K was on sale from thirty dollars to fifteen dollars, and I was like, buy. That's it'll, <laughs> it'll ship to your house. It'll be there by Friday, and I was like, cool, sweet. Hopefully, Ugh. it gets there, so you don't have to rent it, um, <laughs> or you have to hit me up, just like, uh, yeah, uh, we have to do, we have to edit taping because I don't have my copy yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I bought it. I bought it on Wednesday, and I need it to be here by Tuesday. I don't really think that's asking too much. 
don't know. That's I mean, I don't know how fast Walmart will ship, but I I'm sure usually it'll ship pretty quick. Then. I'm sure it'll be here then. Um, so yeah, guys. Uh, Woman in the Window uh, again is going to be on Tuesday. It's on Netflix. Uh, Blues Brothers. It's on Peacock. If you don't want to pay for a rental, um, that'll be on Thursday. We will continue to always be here in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, and all other major podcasting platforms here and around the globe. Shout out to you, international listeners. We know you're out there, and we really appreciate it. Uh, So far, 2021 has been better than 2020, but it will only continue to get better if you keep wearing your masks, washing your hands, opening your ears, and give a damn about each other, and get your vaccine Nick and I, uh, by the time you hear this, we'll both have our shots, and I'll almost be done with my two weeks after the second shot. Nick, you just started it, but that yeah. just means that we are weeks away from going back to the theaters regularly. We hope you get your shots too, so the world can get back to normal. Oh my God, just to, I'm not going to tease what we have on the calendar, but my God, there's so many theater experiences coming up here over the summer that I cannot wait to do and share with you guys and share with you, and, especially because I might real, get my new studio. Let's <laughs> say the real possibility of us being able to do movie night and movie reviews together for the first time, like on a consistent basis ever. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that is hinging on how quick I can get my new studio, which, Oh, yeah. fingers crossed. I can get that sooner than later now that I'm vaccinated. But, um, I mean, not that that had anything to do with each other, but vaccination and had new 100% studio to do with each other. Yeah. <laughs> I just, ah, I don't know. I'm not trying to jump the gun on that. I Nothing set in stone yet, but listeners, oh my God, the future is exciting. So just, we'll get there faster if you get your shot. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> get your damn shot like we did and we will be okay. Guys, that is all we got for you on this week or this week's <laughs> worth of reviews and talking on Brownie Points. I'm going to shut up now. We'll see you next week. Oh, hello. <laughs> the blues got eliminated, so I wanted one more time where we got interrupted by the hockey light for the for until next season starts. So